8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. So there you are. The viewpoint is certainly is welcome to the show and good evening to you. We'll talk about the energy crisis. How many times do we need to talk about it? I suppose until there's no crisis. So we'll talk about ASCOM and what needs to be done to fix it after um, after nine o'clock as part of the um, the big picture. Trying to get the big picture into that. We have some tech issues to talk about in agriculture that comes up at 9.30. As always, we start with the big hitter. Today's big hitter is Dr. Judy Dlamini. She's that big that Felicia Mabusa Sattle, who's in the USA, is like rather jealous she can't listen. And I'm hoping, Felicia, wherever you are, that you are, as I've recommended you do, listen on streaming live because you need to be listening. And so if you are, you need to tweet us or maybe even take the chance to call in or WhatsApp voice note us because I'll certainly play that. Judy, good chatting to you and thanks for your time. Oh, thanks for having me, uh, Ashraf. Good. So you've got this um, uh, responsibility of being the big hitter for the next 55 minutes. You're up for it. Uh, well, I'm comfortable <laughs> with you driving. Well, there you are. I mean, th- th- there's so many things to talk about. I want to touch on your book called The Other Story, and that's been launched just a few weeks ago. But let's just get it right in terms of where you are. I'm going to give a quick resume, very, very quick resume. You're, you're a medical doctor, mm. right? <clears throat> you're, you're a businesswoman. Uh, who heads up the uh, Imbekani group. And for those that don't know, amongst the many things that the group belongs to, I would think uh, from a fashion point, because I have a keen interest in fashion, luminance would form part of the group. Okay. And if you get, to, if you want to get Jimmy Choo shoes at discounted prices, uh, <laughs> that's part of the group as well from a South African perspective. You're the Chancellor at Fritz University uh, and, and what you're involved in the Future Nation schools as well, right? Uh, my husband runs that group. Okay, but you, yes. you're not directly involved in that? Uh, not directly. Okay. Have I left anything out? Uh, no, you haven't. Okay. You haven't. Thanks. But, but it's, it's quite formidable. And what comes through is that you've excelled from a medical point of view and then you've got, you've got an MBA. So, so you've crossed the, the, the medical and the business paths. Now, I don't think there are many people who've done that. Well, there are quite a few, I think. Um, I, I think quite a few people, it might not necessarily be medicine to business, but from other professions. Uh, if you just look at the book... Uh, Almost everyone there is not doing what they started off doing. So I don't think it's uncommon. Okay, but, but yeah. certainly uncommon when it comes to medical and, and, and the business. And business. Maybe, maybe other things. Maybe. Okay. But I don't want to feel lonely. Well, so. there, <laughs> there you are. What, what, what's the one thing? I mean, I'm going to pick your brain on a range of issues, but, but I'll start at the end. I mean, you're obviously a very successful person, and thank goodness for that. What's the one thing you could attribute your success to? Um, I actually don't give up. Mm-hmm. I think I fail a lot of times, but I just don't give up and uh, hard work. So what looks like success is uh, many failures, but uh, obviously what people see is the success side of things. But uh, it's a lot of hard work, eh, Ashraf, as you know. Mm. It's just so so let, let's say hypothetically, if you try 10 things out, how many times would you fail? If, if, there's like, um, if there's 10 projects or if it's one big project with 10 steps, how often do you fail? Um, I'm more likely to be one project with seven steps, maybe repeating two of those till I get them right. So, yeah, it's uh, just not giving up and focusing on that one. But you know what? I'm really lucky because I've got a support structure that works. 
because I don't do one thing at a time, as you mm, know. Mm, mm. Uh, but what allows me to do that is that I've got the support structure, family, the people I work with. It really does make a big difference. Okay. And, and here's a stupid question. The fact that you don't give up, I'm suggesting many other people do give up. What is it in your DNA that causes you not to give up? Um, I think it's the way I was raised. I just watched my parent, par- parents never giving up on anything. And uh, I just got, I have this drive that says I can't be beaten by this, you know. <laughs> it's just the drive not to be beaten by anything, you know, T- till you win, fail, but try again, you know. Okay, well, there you are. Huh? The, the, the question, therefore, is how, how do we... You know I'm part of this Champion South Africa project and we need to draw you in as well. But how do we then copy and paste that drive of yours to not give up to win and extend it to all individuals in the country? I mean, for me, that's the most single most important thing we need to get right, isn't it? You know, that's true. The way I try to make my small contribution Mm -hmm. is writing, sharing the stories of people who just don't give up try and try and who look at the world as bigger than just themselves and their families. I think if we tell these stories often enough, people start seeing themselves in those stories. And I think that is really key because you, when you make hard work mm-hmm. and success accessible, people start believing that they can succeed too. But if you make it so remote and it's only the big names that do things that succeed, then it, it becomes just that for a cha- ta- township child. Mm. It's like it's only so and so. So, so that how, can... how accessible would someone like Dr. Judy Lamini be? I'm accessible through the book. Through the, and in person? In person, it's quite difficult, uh, Ashraf, because I try to do so many things. Like uh, when you're doing the book, you're doing research, you're interviewing people. Uh, You still have a day job to run. Uh, You still have your CSI project. You still have, there are quite a few things. And I do drop the ball in spite of a good support uh, team and also trying my best. But, you know, there are only 24 hours in a day. So it's very difficult for me to take on new uh, mentees uh, because I wouldn't be fair to the ones that I have and the new ones that I take on. But therefore, the book and even you talking now is a way... That's that how I'm consciously reach. aware that you're inspiring people, that you reach people. No, yeah. definitely. I go to book clubs to address a group of 20, 30. I go to township schools. I go to rural schools. Now, if you do all that to try and add, uh, reach a lot of people at the same time, it becomes quite a challenge to do the one-on-ones over and above the yeah, ones absolutely. that I already do. Well, I'll tell you what, here's your chance to do the one-on-one on air, by the way. Uh, if you wish to call in, you can engage with my guest, Dr. Judy Lamini. Absolutely. And here's the number, 0891-104-207. 0891-104-207. What would you like to be putting to her? She's our big hitter for the night. You can tweet hashtag SFM Viewpoint. Tag me, Ashraf Gandhi. Tag SFM Radio. In fact, you can tag Judy Lamini as well because you'll pick up her name on my timeline as well what's a voice notes welcome to it's 0614104107 maximum 30 seconds if you're doing just that and the last thing you can sms us 40938 40938 okay we'll talk about the problems uh, that we facing as a country just now and what we need to do to get it right later on let's get to this very important book of yours so um, I've got the privilege of getting, having it in my hand. I've had it for a while, uh, and I love the message that you've sent to me. Most appreciate it. You're most welcome. Let's start with the title, The Other Story. 
Uh, no title is, is, is not deliberate. There's a, there's a reason why you're calling it that. Tell, Always, t- tell yeah. us why. Uh, you know, the other story is trying to balance things out because the most, the story that we hear most is uh, about the negative things uh, that people do. It's the negative African stories. Uh, I'm not saying they aren't negative African stories, but they are positive stories too. And uh, if we are to build a culture that we say we have to, and I completely agree with you, we need to start making these African positive stories commonplace. Make them accessible. Make them like the other story. Mm-hmm. You know, just and, and, and calling it the other story has that uh, provoked a, a Q&A with you to say, what do you mean? What do you mean the other it, story? It has. It, mm. it always does. Even equal but different. People were saying, okay, different but equal, equal. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. Start with equal because that's the main one. So it does. It actually does. Mm. Yeah. And, and why do you, I mean, in a way you've sort of answered it to a degree, uh, the book is called The Other Story, A Fireside Chat with African Achievers. Your, your, your reasoning beyond, behind wanting to put the book together? You know, um, when I published uh, the Equal But Different book, it had 10 women and 12 mm. men in it. And uh, there was a lot of uh, positive... Uh, I mean, it was very well received. and uh, But there was that thing that uh, the boy child felt like maybe he was neglected. <laughs> uh, it wasn't enough that there were two men in the book. But more importantly, I just realized how people were hungry to get into people's life journeys, understand them, especially those people that have done well. And I thought... I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to do more of this because I access so many people. Uh, It gave me a platform to mentor uh, many people at once. And uh, it it was just, it's funny. When you mentor people, you actually gain more out of it Mm, mm, than they do, I believe. Ironically, Uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because it's just like you hear someone saying, you know, I've been thinking of doing a master's. But I read the story of so and so, and I'm actually registered to do, and that just makes your day. So it, it actually encourages you to tell more of the positive stories. And uh, when I became a grandmother uh, in 2016, I was like, "What am I leaving behind that will tell a story mm, when mm, I'm mm. gone?" You know? And uh, yeah, so I'll be telling lots of stories for a long time. Well, there you are. There's certainly people who acknowledge you. I'll get to calls now. In fact, so 0891104207. Joe and Peter Marisberg saying, Ashraf, you used to be my medical doctor at Umlazi Durban. What a sweet human being. What you see is what you get, Ashraf. I also used to interact with a humble husband who's a CA. Uh, okay, he certainly knows your story. There are a couple and a half. I'll have to get her book, Joe. You absolutely need to get a book. It's called The Other Story, A Fireside Chat with the African Achievers. And there's more. There's Dorcas Dube was saying, this woman is my inspiration. Please tell her I look up to her. So there you are. I mean, you're quite well, right. Think- it's your way of interacting with people as you're doing right now. And you're certainly doing it. Let's get a couple of calls right away. You've got your headphones on now, right? Oh, so okay. uh, Akua, you're in Joburg. Welcome to the show. What's your, what's your point? Akua, Hello. Hi, how are you, Ashraf? Yeah, I'm very good. Great to engage with you. Go ahead. Judy, Akua, how are you? I am good, thanks, Akua. How are you? So good <laughs> to good hear your voice. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's great to hear you on the other side as well. I mean, I don't really have a question. I just want to make a, a comment, which I think 
a lot of aspiring African black women will, um, will um, contest with. Um, you're such an inspiration for us. And, you know, um, Maya Angelou's poem, Phenomenal Woman, with International Women's Day being last week, um, Friday as well. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Um, you really, really inspire us all. Oh, thank you so much, Akwil. Really appreciate that. And uh, yeah. those who don't know, you've actually achieved so much yourself at uh, wow. such a young age. Thanks. Akua, connect with me. I'd love to know more about you. Just drop me an email and we'll certainly talk, okay? Uh, Akua oh, from yes. Joburg, thank you. Uh, well, well, let's just talk about the, the inspiration part. I mean, she's, she's calling in. Uh, she appreciates the impact that you've, you've made on her. How big a responsibility do you, do you see in that? The fact that you, you clearly are a role model, you're an inspiration to people, by and large, a, a very disadvantaged country still, mm. right? Uh, you may well be considered amongst the advantaged versus the disadvantaged. Yeah, how, how big a responsibility do you see then in being able to impact and lift other people? I, I don't see it as a big responsibility. Uh, I see it as just one of the things that I have to do. And uh, before I forget, thank you, Joe, that uh, I used to treat mm, Mlazi, mm. and uh, thank you, Dorcas. But uh, yeah, I, I actually try not to see it as anything out of the ordinary because uh, that's just one of the things that we have to do. As you say, we are privileged, uh, not because we are born with anything else rather than just parents who told us to go to school and do our work and uh, the hard work ethic. Uh, but uh, because we made it and when other people didn't make it and uh, who were much brighter than me, for instance, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, so I don't take that for granted. I just see it as a, an ordinary responsibility that uh, you lift as you rise and uh, whatever you can do to make a difference, you do it. Mm. How, how then do you keep yourself motivated? Because I understand you, you don't want to be defeated, but sometimes success then breeds complacency. It, it's, it happens to many people. Uh, countries and football and sports teams are good examples of complacency. How, how do you avoid that? I think because I believe there's so much to do. Uh, I think uh, we don't have enough time to accomplish all the things that we are meant to. So I just see it as you wake up, wow, you got the gift of life and other people have, haven't got that luxury. So you have to do your best. And uh, when you lose people that matter in your life, uh, that actually makes that more apparent to you that, you know, you have to leave uh, the part that they couldn't leave. Uh, because you're here for a purpose. So it makes it, you can't be complacent because I don't think I've achieved much. Mm. Every day you try and be better than yesterday. Every day you try and touch that other life. So it's, it's, um, it's just doing what you can all the time. Yeah, well, it's a good point. You have this gift of life. And uh, here's another message from uh, Menzi in uh, Northcliffe close by saying, today's big hitter gives me the assurance that the future is female. Okay, my daughter would agree with you because that's the t-shirt <laughs> she wears. And she needs to awaken a lot of duties in our sisters, Menzi in Northcliffe. Lovely, <laughs> lovely message. There. There's, there's a voice note as well uh, that I can play. And let's do that now. Hello, this is Lerato Tagi from Masarule Sutu. I'm really motivated and inspired by the lady in the studio. I just want to thank God uh, to have given her such amazing talent. Keep it up, lady. Oh, 
Thank you. Okay, there you are. Keep it up, lady. That's it. Let, let's then let's touch on. Uh, so, from the first book, um, equal but different, to where it is predominantly female, mm. to this one, which is very mixed, and and they're not South Africans. Many of them are, are from around the African continent. Uh, explain, you know, how, you you did say you know many of the people, but how did you get to choose who's in and who's out? It, it, it was quite uh, an interesting journey because I wanted to cover a wide spectrum. I wanted to, for the first book, it was more or less the same age, uh, mainly mm-hmm. baby boomers. And uh, I thought if I'm going to touch different generations, it's important that I cover different generations. So the age is from 28, uh, which is Kevin Lueka from Uganda, okay. wow. to 98, Dr. Richard Maponya. So it covers quite a wide spectrum. But not only that, not just the wide spectrum, it covers people from different parts of the continent with a, a bias towards South Africa because they were more accessible. It covers people that started off uh, in different fields, like Gusis Zanele uh, is a social worker mm-hmm. uh, by training. You have Ndate Maponya who was a teacher by training. Kevin uh, did um, engineering. Uh, Ali Mufaruki, an engineer. You look at Fred Swanike, a, a business person, was in consulting at McKinsey uh, for a short while. So it's actually quite diverse. But there is a cluster which is focusing on an area that I believe is very important for the success of the country and the success of the region, uh, which is leadership, ethical leadership. Mm. So you actually have Siswe, who actually nurtures... Uh, as, in, as in your, your husband Siswe? My husband okay. Siswe, yes. Right. Uh, from 18 months, you know, Future Nation School starts from 18 months. Uh, for now, it's up to grade 10. You have uh, Fred Swanike, who actually is focusing on producing ethical African leaders, and he actually has a target number uh, within a certain period of time. Uh, I think it's uh, 3 million. You have Mabuto um, Tembu, who has focused on nurturing leaders from grade 8 in different schools. It's about 37 schools in four provinces in the country. So it's actually achievers who've gone beyond just achieving for themselves and their families. It's actually some, it's people who are doing something to make this world better. Uh, You have Gloria, Mm, uh, mm, who actually mm. started uh, uh, one of the founders of WIP. And uh, so far, it's the only woman-owned and uh, run company that was listed uh, on JSE. Of course, they've delisted, but uh, it it was the first time that we actually said, oh, so we can do this. So there are just so many examples uh, and p- each person, I think, can take a leaf from any of the stories that. And, and what, what's the common thread? I mean, you made the point about leadership, so that's yeah. a thread in in one sense, right? Uh, but is there one common thread that you learned from all these people? It's a combination of things. One of them is a family value system. Uh, it's having someone who believes in you, uh, and uh, it, it's funny how a certain when expectations are high you actually rise up to meet those expectations. So the moral of the story is that let us have high expectations of our kids, whether it's government, whether it's teachers, whether it's parents. Uh, Let's expect them to do well because when we do and we tell them, then uh, they actually rise to the occasion. How, how How do you tell them that? You know, like... I expect you to do well. So, yes, you may have older kids. Some may have much younger kids. But, yeah. but, but what would be the message to them? You know, the message is that message of encouragement. 
if you read uh, Fred Swanigel's um, uh, story, mm-hmm. he says his dad used to say, you're so inquisitive. You know, I think you'll, you'll be a road scholar. Not that I think, you'll be a road scholar. <laughs> wow. And my dad... Uh, actually used to say he knew everyone in my family knew I wanted to be a medical doctor. And he used to create this vision for me. He would say, you know, when I close my eyes, I can see with a white coat and with a stethoscope around. He creates the vision. So already he's saying you will be because I believe in you. So you you don't want to fake it, but it, it has to be real to what the kid is dreaming. Because isn't the flip side of that that they that they pigeonhole you? You know, inevitably, the, the smart kids at was five years old is like, ah, oh, you need to become a doctor, you know, that type of scenario. So isn't that the flip side where they decide and they start molding you to think like that because they see you're smart, but doesn't mean you, you want to become a doctor? No, he didn't choose for me. I was telling everyone I'm going to be a doctor from the age of four. Okay, wow. So he was just listening to my dream and saying, I endorse it <laughs> and I see you becoming it, you know. And uh, when a parent says you'll be a road scholar, it's not a pigeonhole. It's saying you're going to succeed. So it's a message that says I expect success from you because I can just see you've got what it takes. It's not a push mm. that you will do this because in this house... Not necessarily. It's simply saying, looking at you and what you've achieved so far, I have no doubt that there's more to come. Mm. That's positive reinforcement. Because, I mean, the, the part of that, the expectation is one you also said, someone who believes in you. Explain mm. why, why is that so important? You know, it's, it's a lonely world. It's a hard life. Well, I've lived long enough mm. to know. Mm. And uh, when the chips are down... And you think, can I? If I don't, what will happen? You just have a picture of this person who says, I know you can. Even when they are dead, like my father, when he was gone because he passed away when I was in matric. But when I failed at medical school, when the chips were down, I just thought of him and I said, I can do this. Right? Mm. So it's a combination of things. It's not just saying oh, I'm going to disappoint them. It's like, I can. Because I believed in him and he said I can, therefore I can and will. So that's, that's just how it goes, you know. And, and did, did it come through, and I've read most of them, but I, I want people to buy the book, so we're not going to go through page yeah. to page. I mean, <laughs> idea is to buy the book, right? Uh, but, but did it come through where, where some people buck the trend? Because you made the point about, you know, these successful people, by and large, have a deep commitment uh, beyond their work. They have a good family background, and that's critically important. You yeah. said they believe in you, and, 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 they, and they put pressure on you to excel. But, but were there one or two people who, who bucked the trend completely? They, they didn't have those qualities, and they still emerged. Um, I, I'm actually grappling to know who those people were, because if you look at Ali, there was this grandmother who made sure that he went to school mm. and a, a successful dad who actually didn't necessarily have education, but he made a success of his life. You look at Nchanchal Lamini from the township and uh, having two parents who are hustlers, who believe in him, who support him. So I, I find it, there isn't a single one. There actually isn't a single one who didn't have... And you know what's interesting, actually, because if you look at Mabuto Mtembo, mm. uh, he didn't have a 
family where it was the mother and father in the same family. So it was a single mother, a young single mother. He was raised by grandparents, a grandmother at some stage from the maternal side and the grandmother from the paternal side. And you look at Kevin. Kevin also never had the mother never got married to the dad, but the dad got married to somebody else. But the way I think that's a classic a scenario of just a family that is, you would say, it's supposed to be dysfunctional, mm, but it's mm. not. It's so functional in its very different way of doing things, but supporting him nonetheless. So I think what's important in the book, actually looking at the different scenarios, is that it doesn't have to be mother, father in the same household mm. to make a child successful, but it's actually the majority of the parents or the parent or the grandparent or a significant other uh, to actually just be there for this child, to support this child, to nurture their dreams for them to So, succeed. I mean, it's, it's fair to say, and I'm chatting to jo- uh, Dr. Judith Lamini, you can engage as well, of course, 089 Besides the many things that she's done, uh, she's the author of a book that's just been out a few weeks now called The Other Story, A Fireside Chat with African Achievers. That's what we're touching on now. Of course, we will touch on education. She's the Chancellor now, not Vice, just the Chancellor at uh, the University of Advancement, and she heads up a, a major group called the Embakani Group. We'll talk about that too. And, of course, linked through her husband with the Future Nations schools and many other things that they are involved in besides her own medical background. So, engaging 0891-104207, hashtag SFM Viewpoint if you want to tweet, uh, and in voice notes, maximum 30 seconds as always, 0614-104107. So, so to confirm, and, and I think you said it's right, because it's very relevant to South Africa, because of our, our dysfunctional impact, because of apartheid, when we say I've a close-knit family, I, I can just imagine 70% of people listening saying, okay, that's it, we're out. I know. Because they wouldn't qualify. Exactly. But you're saying, even if there's just one person, it could be the parent or the grandparent that has a major impact on that person, that oh, would yes. change them. Definitely. It makes a big difference. And in some cases, uh, it's not even a parent. It's not even a grand. It's a teacher. It's at a teacher who believes in someone. I once met a guy who started a brewing company, a brewery company, and he says he used to get mediocre scores at high school. And one day one teacher pulled him aside and said, have you seen who number one was? And uh, he says, yeah. He says, look at him. He's not better than you. Mm-hmm. He's not brighter than you. He says that day, that changed his life. And after that, he just excelled. So you just need that, you need that message, that positive reinforcement that says you can. And it's surprising how when you believe you can, you can. Because it's an important point. Because don't you think all of us at some stage, we pigeonhole ourselves. So, so for example... We come into studio, and, and, I, and I'm just thinking about it, because maybe I'm guilty of it. Uh, you know that uh, Emmanuel Bonoke, who's the Bonoko, the, the young, the young man who's made a major impact, and I see he tweeted, because he was very excited during. But then I replied to say, well, if he was the big hitter recently, you the bigger big hitter. So I'm actually pigeonholing. I'm creating a strata. You can see that. Yeah. My, my point is, 
Do you think we don't all do that anyway? We we may be bright, but you go to university to say, I'm bright, but actually I can see that person's brighter than me. So we, 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 we ourselves don't even need marks. We choose a pecking order. We do, we do. But uh, what I would say very quickly is that it's not just brightness. If it was about brightness, I think a lot of people that were brighter than me at school would be so doing so much better than they are. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's definitely more than that. A bit of brains helps, but commitment, hard work, and just never, never giving up. Those are characteristics, in my view, that make you succeed. But more importantly, a positive attitude. Well, there you are. Let, let's. I'm going to move on, but let's two things. Uh, the, the people that you interviewed, you physically interviewed them in person, right? In person, except two that I had to use Skype. Okay. Yeah. And I, I understand logistically. Yeah. What was it like interviewing Sizwe uh, in Kassan? I, I, I was particularly interested in reading that. <laughs> what was it like interviewing your husband? <laughs> it, it was awkward in the first five minutes. Because uh, we obviously have a professional approach. And uh, so it couldn't just be like, you know, hubby, boyfriend, girlfriend. Mm, mm. Yeah, but after a few minutes, you get the, the hang of it. And and uh, and did anything, I mean, you obviously knew his story. Yes, I did. But did anything even further come out of it? It's actually interesting because it's just a different nuance, maybe. Uh, but look, I've known him for more than 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what about Richard Maponia? I mean, he's, he's older. He's, you probably have to have more patience, right? But, oh, but yes. legendary. What, what was it like it was engaging him? Amazing. It was amazing. It was, I'd never met him prior to this. Okay, wow. It was, yeah, and I've always respected him. Uh, I remember when uh, they opened the Maponia Mall. It felt like it was my dad because I knew what he had gone through, Mm. the period of apartheid and so forth. And now I'm sitting in front of this guy and uh, everyone knew of the wife, the beautiful, very Mm. graceful Mm. uh, wife. And uh, and I was actually helped a lot by Roy, the son. It it was amazing. It was special. Uh, Listening to those stories and he was telling them without any negative energy without any animosity just telling a story and yeah and he's a beautiful storyteller well, yeah. and, and you need to read that because i mean that's a slipper into his life absolutely yeah. uh, let's get to further calls to durban we go uh, robinson's on the line hi robinson hi sir yeah good good talking to you go ahead yes uh my name is robinson manzi i'm from umlazi i don't know if she still remembers me I do, Robinson. How wow. are you? <laughs> I'm okay, Judy. And how are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for calling. You know, Judy, what I wanted to tell you is that you and Caesar don't know how much impact you have had, not only to those that you think you have had impact to, even to the world at large. For instance, I'll give an example of myself. I was dead at one stage. I was devastated. I lost everything from being a multimillionaire to, to a prisoner. But whenever I saw things just, and I saw uh, or I heard people talking about you, I would rise. Today I am back on my feet. I'm an attorney again, just because of you and things. 
Oh. All I am saying, my sister, is that whenever I see you and Caesar, I feel like crying because oh. I know Caesar when he was young. I know his family. I know Tommy. I know everybody. People think that Caesar came from a rich family. People Caesar did not come from a rich family. Yes. Uh, I know, as a matter of fact, I know how humble the, his family was. I know how hard his mother used to work. I know the challenges his father used to have as much as he was educated. Therefore, I'm saying to you, my sister and sister, fire on, fire on, fire on. Goodness, we need, we need to buy your book at this rate. Yeah. Robinson, your story, just <laughs> the way you expressed yourself is so important. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's a lovely Thank lovely you. Story. Thanks very much, Robinson. Bong. Well, there you are. More, more. To, absolutely lovely, lovely story. Uh, I'm going to move on. The, the book's available where? It's available at Exclusive Books uh, and it's available at Luminance Stores. Uh, yeah, it's also available from Mbekani. So uh, Amazon It's okay. also available on Amazon. And, Kindle. And, and Mbekani, I mean, they could drop you an email as well, a website? Yeah, Just yeah they can drop Mbekani. an email or actually through equalbutdifferent.com. Okay. which is the website for, the for all of that yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. How just what has been the response of the people that you've interviewed once they've been interviewed um, and, and maybe people have gone back to them and, and they've, they've read their stories. Uh, it, have you had conversations post the book then with them? With some, yes. And uh, I'm actually hoping that I'll be a catalyst for them to write their own biographies because this is just a snippet into their lives. And uh, at least two were con- contemplating writing uh, the, a book and uh, I think I've galvanized that. So I- I'm hoping that uh, more Africans write uh, their stories. Well, absolutely. Yeah, and I have yeah. not done that embarrassingly so. Uh, I you need will. To, I, I you need will. to get mine because I think I have a story <laughs> to tell. Absolutely. Let's yeah. I want to touch on other important issues. First of all, just the the, the company that you're involved in uh, in Bekani. Tell, tell me about that, because I understand it's 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 a group, a holding company yes. for a range of different yes. subdivisions, right? It started 23 years ago now as a, just an occupational health consulting company. That's what I knew at the time, and uh, it grew. There is a health uh, side to it. We involved at Ingosi Albert Lutuli as uh, one of the providers uh, in facilities management and also sterile services. We procure surgical instruments remaining within the health space. But uh, we also are involved in property. We have property in um, mainly uh, office space mm-hmm. and uh, at Resi. Um, we're looking to grow that. I actually have always had an interest in property. Uh, but uh, we also have, as you know, the fashion retail side of things, uh, Luminance and uh, Jimmy Choo, and uh, also investments. Uh, one of the investments is in a, a private equity entity, and one is in debt uh, structuring. So and, and they're quite they're quite diverse, right? Very diverse, very diverse. And uh, in terms of partners, like I was saying, uh, my support team is great. Uh, if you look at just the the, the manager that she's in charge in Devon, Sister Nontlantam Gomezul, mm-hmm. she runs the show. So she actually is very, very uh, competent. So I have a few of those and that's luck. That you is, think it's just luck? It's absolute luck, honestly, because uh, you get it wrong sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do the psychometric test, you can do all the things, but 
people on paper and people in real life, it's actually quite different. Yeah. I, I suppose the, and I'd love your input on this. How do you build a successful team? Like, like is there anything, so this is not even about you now. This is about a team, 10 people, yeah. 20 people. You know, it's a culture. Uh, it's a culture. Uh, I was talking to Fred Swanike, uh, just looking at the teams that he's built. Mm-hmm. He started here, uh, actually started before African Leadership Academy. And uh, then he went, it's been 10 years there. He went in Mor- to Mauritius, started the business school. He went to Rwanda. And you go to all these institutions and it's the same institution. So I was saying, how do you build this culture? Mm-hmm. So it's people. It's people, and when you say people, it's easy for people to assume that it's just about bright people, people that are very experienced and very skilled. But the main thing is buying into the culture of the organization, having buying into the culture and living it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So you can have a Madonna who actually doesn't subscribe to the culture, and they think they are bigger than everybody else, that's a problem. How, how then do you get them to subscribe? Because at the time that you hire them, there's a certain expectation. Yes, you may see their CV, they may be qualified, maybe not. But, but the key thing you're saying is you can teach other things, but they need to buy into a culture. How do you get them to buy in? It's difficult, but easy. And I'll tell you why I'm saying that. Uh, someone who actually makes mistakes, we all do. No one is perfect. But actually, the value system is aligned to the value system of the company. The culture is aligned. That person can be molded. But someone who has the wrong value system, different and not congruent with what you're trying to achieve, that person has to be let go. It's expensive, but... And and, and I see you, you attach a lot of importance to a different value system, which is not the same as qualifications, ability to do a job, right? How do you determine that? In the way, things that matter to people, right? Just take a simple example. Someone who will do the right thing, make a mistake, own up to the mistake, try and correct the mistake, apologize. It's just a a culture of humility, but trying to do the right thing. Or someone will actually get things right, have an attitude, treat people badly, Ah, oh, that's not right. Okay, more to that's, come from that. Yeah. yeah, I'll get you more calls. In fact, Archie uh, on the line. Hi, Archie. Good evening, Ebony. Good, Are you there? good evening, indeed. Go ahead. Makoti Porter. Hi, 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 Archie Ninjani. Fine, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Intentionally, I said Makoti Porter. How do you feel before I get to my subject? How do you feel when I say Porter Makoti? Um, I understand Makoti. Uh, so you always assume when Umuntu says Makoti, he knows your in-laws. So you, you uh, behave uh, yourself uh, even before you continue. But I don't, what does Boda mean? Molo. Oh, Molo, yes, I, I understand Molo, yeah. I'll tell you why I'm asking you that. Because now, oh no, the, the mostly... As a writer, when, where, I mean, I, I, I firstly received that pride of calling you Makoti. You know, I, I felt that pride when you responded to that. And then I know you would also, I mean, have that pride of responding as a Makoti. Oh, okay. Now, I have read your first book. Yes. And what impresses me 
also, I mean, uh, mean, it has been that now. When I read it, it was not a fast book in my English. It was not a fast book. It was a person talking so that you may understand and slowly. For example, as you are talking now, I hear you talking uh, like us. Yes. I know it will be a little bit difficult to other people. What do I mean by saying like us? You are not rolling. I know. <laughs> you, you are not rolling, but now you are just talking like us. But now my real question is that we are, as we are growing old, as I said, I read your first book. There is a, I mean, a company called I mean, Cape Aids for the Blind. It is where all the, these books, I mean, uh, get read there for us who are slightly challenged. And unfortunately, as you could have seen that now, the president didn't bother to, I mean, uh, on the on his own, I mean, uh, so now they have to talk about the disabled in his budget. We are being left behind because we cannot read mm. on our own. Mm. Other mm. people are just pushing ahead, and the writers do not even think about us. Talk to me, sister. Okay, thank you for that call, Archie. Thank you for thank you for that, right? Yeah, a- a- actually, uh, the way I addressed it uh, in terms of my first book is that there's an audio book, and uh, I do understand that there's uh, actually it's not even more expensive than the hard copy. Mm. So it was a matter of addressing that, and uh, I hope to do the same with the second uh, book. Okay, because yeah. you want to, you want to make sure that it's accessible exactly. to everybody. Yeah. Okay, there's more. There's, there's some tweets. There's maybe a time for one more, two more calls maximum. I'll do that right after this. Miles apart, miles together. A brand new show that reunites you with your loved one. SABC3 is looking for you to be part of this amazing new reality show. You can enter in two ways. Send us a video explaining who you would like to surprise by bringing a loved one from overseas, or you can send us a video about a family or close friends event you would like to go to in South Africa to surprise a loved one. Who knows? Miles apart, miles together could arrange these surprises for you. To enter, send your video via WhatsApp to 060-642-9257. That is 060-642-9257. Miles apart, miles together. Reuniting loved ones. Brought to you by SABC3. You can't count on the sun shining tomorrow. You can't count on a stable economic climate. You can't count on cash flow, profit margins and cost reduction. You can't even count on markets or the outcome of negotiations with trade unions. However, you can count on Sasria to cover your assets against civil action, public disorder, strikes, riots and terrorism. Contact your broker or insurer about Sasria Cover today. Sasria, 40 years of covering the extraordinary. Sasria is an authorized FSP. The annual Bernina Demo Machine Sale makes owning your own sewing, embroidery, overlocking and quilting machine possible at unbelievable prices. Enjoy free world-class product training. Visit bernina.co.za or your local dealer. Make your dreams a reality and join the Bernina family with 125 years of Swiss tradition and precision. Bernina, made to create. So get a hold of this. The broad-based Black Economic Empowerment Commission is hosting its annual conference uh, on Thursday. That's March 14th. 
which will focus on ownership with emphasis on reported major BE deals of 25 million rands and above. Now, if you've ever wondered if your deal is compliant, trends on deals already analyzed will be shared to guide entities not to engage in fronting schemes. But the conference aims to share information on uh, triple B uh, requirements and best practice. Remember, fronting is a criminal offense. 8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Garda. So some more tweets. Uh, Reboni saying, uh, Dr. Judy Lamini, a complete inspiration. I totally agree, I think, with Stan. Uh, Felicia Mabusa Sattel, by the way, saying, I can't tune in from where I am in the USA. <laughs> I tried. Please send me the podcast. Congratulations once again, Judy Lamini. Look forward to our long overdue high tea one day. So that uh, will that will happen. That's you. very yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. And there's more. Kay saying the confidence in your guests is admirable. We are in a new South Africa, and all have opportunities. Be positive. Make the effort to surge. Uh, there's more. Uh, Ma, love you. Stacks from Patrick Tinizo. Ex Matters Brothers from Durban. Somebody's oh, name. Amazing. You will know. Yeah. Patrick, you should have called. There we are. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, and there's more when. Quoting from a book, how emphatic should one be to ensure that your message is well put across? Love quotations from William Christiana, if you can answer that. And then uh, just maybe one last one. Uh, Dr. Phil Mahuma from Midstream saying, Evening Ashraf, listening to the inspirational interview with Dr. Judy Lamini with pen in hand and a notebook. You do what I do, I can assure you. I note what she says about the importance of supporting our lives in order to succeed. What legacy does she want to be remembered um, by as vice you're saying vice-chancellor, in fact, chancellor of it, okay? Regards from Dr. Phil Mahuma in midstream. Uh, maybe respond to those very quickly, if you can. Let's uh, the, the first one, one yeah. what was the... Uh, well, the one, okay, Kay is just talking about confidence. Um, the other one is about quoting. How do you ensure that your message is well put across? Uh, when you quote. When you quote or when you, I suppose, even if you talk to me now in soundbites. Well, I, I think it's just being authentic. Yeah, as, not trying to be anyone else. All right. yeah, yeah. Dr. Mahuma's point about the legacy you'd like to leave? I think uh, people should just know that uh, I tried my best. Understated, that's it? I just tried my best. Which you know? never yeah. stop trying your best. That's the <laughs> bottom line. Let, let's talk about your role as the chancellor advert. So chancellor is like the chairman. It's not an executive position, right? No, it's not. Okay. Unless you're at campus every day. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's a couple of months now. How long? Yes, it's actually been, it's the third month, okay. um, more like fourth. Because I was like? installed. It's been great in the sense, in spite of the strike, the strike wasn't great, mm. obviously, but... Uh, it was great to have the team that we have while we were having difficulties. Uh, our management team is amazing, as you know, Adam mm, Habib. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, the September, who is the student dean, uh, the regis- it's just a team that is good to work with. People who have their hearts in the right place, academics, intellectual, but also in touch with what is happening in the country what the country needs, what the students needs. So it's, it's e- it, they, it makes it easier, um, Ashraf. Okay. Uh, it's unlike when there is a misalignment in what you're trying to achieve and uh, where we are as a country. So, yeah. Okay, it's, ironically, we're going to chat to Adam Habib, Professor Adam Habib, on Thursday with his new book, which, which is really all about fees must fall, by the way. Now, now, just touching on that, without getting into too much of it, you know that... For everyone who praised him and his stance around fees must fall, there are many students who are very critical. What is the one thing you've learned from now having a 
maybe a closer look at, at what's going on on campus. You are not going to please everyone, right? Like during the strike, some students expected me to go on Twitter, they expected me to say something, but that's not my style. I have actually confidence in the management team. I was on the phone every day to say, how is it going? Where can you, can I assist, guidance? So for someone who doesn't know that, you are not saying anything. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm not going to say anything. It's not in my position to say anything you're, you're publicly. You're not the executive, yeah. I'm not the mm-hmm. executive. Mm-hmm. That would be meddling. But I support the executive. I t- stay in touch with the executive. So for someone who doesn't know your role, because it's actually quite interesting, Ashraf. A lot of people think vice-chancellor. There's a lot of mix-up, vice-chancellor, chancellor, <laughs> but also just the role. I remember when I was installed, even some of my relatives were like, we don't even understand what this position is. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it, it's a process. Well, why did you take the job? I mean, you, you effectively replaced Dikang Motsuneki. My goodness. Yeah. That, that's the path that you follow. Yeah, it's um, trying to have an impact in different spheres of life. And as you might know, I love education. I've always studied and continue to. And uh, I just felt that sometimes taking certain roles that are more a guidance role, more a, you know, a, a ceremonial role, you actually become visible to a child who says, I can. Yeah, it's very important. I mean, be- between yourself and certainly your, your husband, Siswe in Klasana, and hopefully I need to get him in the studio as well, yeah. right? uh, having done that a long time ago. Uh, it's clear education is very important very. From, from the various organizations that you guys are involved in, the um, what is called the Sifiso Learning Sifiso Group. Sifiso Learning right? Group. Is, yeah. is that named after your, your, Our your, late, your son. late son, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and of course, the Future Nation Schools. What's the one biggest concern that you have for education in our country? And, and what's your advice if you could give it to, to whoever's running education in our country? You know, my biggest concern is that quality education has to be accessible. It has to be accessible just because we are born poor doesn't, should not divide, define what type of education you have access to. We need to have high expectations mm, of our children mm. because if we do, they'll do well. And uh, we need to invest in our teachers and uh, leadership everywhere, but especially when it comes to the education space. It's very how, how do we make the quality education accessible when it, it's going to cost somebody money and the government clearly doesn't have the money? It, it starts with leadership, Ashraf. You know, uh, we always assume that everything costs money and quite a lot of things are not just about money. If you look at a same school, whether it's in the township or in a rural space, and you look at the principal of that school, when you walk into the school before you talk to anyone you can see there's a good leader at the school and you look at the results there are so many schools not enough obviously because we wouldn't be where we are where you have a hundred percent pass rate and also the quality of those passes are good why because there's a good leader at the helm of that school so leadership is almost everything so it's just ensuring that we appoint the right people to positions and support them. Because isn't the big challenge not to get 
learners from townships to move to suburban schools, which which many of our children did, mm. understandably so, mm. but to actually duplicate the very best of suburban schools in townships. Right? Definitely. When we do that in the length and breadth of our country, Definitely. then we would have succeeded. Definitely. And support the leadership of the schools. Mm. Yeah. What, what, what are the biggest... Okay, there's a sense that South Africa needs lots of fixing. What do you think is broken and, and how do we fix it? I, I, I hate repeating myself, but I have to because that's just how important it is. When I say good leadership, I'm talking ethical leadership. Mm -hmm. I'm talking a leader whose obligation is to serve, a leader who understands that he is there to serve the people that he's leading, not to be served by them, not to steal from them. So when each one of us just does our bit and serve the people that we lead, that's just half the problem solved. Mm -hmm. Because we've lost so much money just out of people being greedy. And thinking they are old because they lead. How are we going to turn this around then? Because that's you what know, we have right now. Yeah. There's lots of hearings taking place, but, but there's also despondency, right? Um, you know, I always say if you were to just go back and replay the State of the Nation address by our current president, mm -hmm. Cyril Ramaphosa, and uh, take the message of Tumamina, uh, I always say... Tumamina is what we were raised to know, that uh, you actually have to do something for the next person, do something for the country. It wasn't the country then because we were not part of this country, but it was doing something for our neighbors, doing something for the next person. I think that attitude, if it is repeated many times, if each one of us, I refuse to be despondent. I really do, because negative energy doesn't build anything. How, how, how do you avoid the despondency when there is despondency around you? I avoid it by waking up in the morning and say, I can do something and make a difference. Each one of us can. You just have to believe it and do it, mm. because each one of us can. I really I, I'm, I'm going to end you. I'm going to end with this with this vision. You know, I, I certainly have this vision uh, from a champion South Africa point to 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 get this nation to become a champion nation. So. We're not talking survival. We're talking champion. champion. We're talking flourish. Right? Exactly. How, how do we become this champion nation? We, we, we do that by being, starting with loving ourselves. It seems like such a small thing. But you know, when you talk to someone and they say, ah, oh, what do you expect? That's just the wrong attitude. So the starting point is a positive attitude in the midst of all the negative. Because in spite of all this negative, there are so many positive things happening, you know? There is the 13-year-old who says, can I be a president? And the president <laughs> goes and says, here I am to tell you you can Absolutely. be. I mean, there are so many positive stories, Ashraf. You actually are leading the champion South Africa thing and you post positive stories. We just need to post more of them. We have our Feb academic who's forever incredible. I th she, isn't she amazing? Yeah. Who actually okay, but, I mean, that's a good example, right? Yes. Just enthusiasm from exactly. a, a normal dull academic who's not dull and therefore yeah. inspires all of us. Exactly. She makes being academic uh, cool. I also want to go back there and go and learn exactly. something. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Thank you for your time. It's been Thank great you, chatting thanks. to you as our big hitter. And that's Dr. Judy Lamini. And that book, of course, is called The Other Story. You absolutely must buy it. It will inspire you. The Other Story, a fireside chat with African achievers. What a way to end African achievers. Let's get the news now. It's nine o'clock.